are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another crossover episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers. I am with Louis DiBiase, host of Locked On Eagles. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At DBASI LOE is where you can find Louie. Uh, we were just talking off the air, Louie. This is the first time we've had a chance to chat, which is odd because we've both been with the network for a while, and I'm pretty excited about this primetime matchup here between the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah, Brian, I hear you all the time on Locked On NFL. And yeah, I've been a part of the network now for three years and you've been a huge part of it since. So it's uh, good to talk to you for the first time. And um, this is not where I thought both teams would be at from a health standpoint, at least on Sunday night. Well, at least the Eagles, I shouldn't be surprised. But it's kind of interesting to see the similar situation both of these teams are in. And it's uh, for at least for us, for the birds, it's kind of do or die on primetime football. So the country's either going to see exactly what philadelphia has been going through the last couple of weeks or maybe they save their best for uh when the world's watching yeah and the way that we're going to structure this thing is uh, i'm going to chat with you about the eagles you're going to chat with me about the 49ers and then we'll make some predictions and, and talk mm-hmm. about key matchups along the way in this one um so i'll start here with this because you mentioned what kind of eagles team we've seen the last few weeks and the really it was the head scratcher last week and the one that ended in overtime for 49ers fans that didn't see it. Uh, can you explain the thought process there? Uh, I, I think <laughs> I'll try <laughs> uh, <laughs> I going for like, I don't It was a very strange one. And I, I just feel like coaching has been a, been something that most people wouldn't have expected to be something that maybe Eagles fans are worried about in Philadelphia. But the more I look mm-hmm. at it, the more I'm thinking like, what's going on over there? That's what's so discouraging about all this, Brian, is the injuries, we're just numb to that at this point. In Philadelphia, they've been dealing with key injuries across the roster to significant starters week in and week out since they won that Super Bowl in 2017. So that, although it's taken a lot shorter amount of time this year to have all the injuries really hit them hard. I mean, it's week three and they've got fifth and sixth string wide receivers playing on primetime football this Sunday, but we're used to that. What we're not used to in Philadelphia with the Eagles are the issues at general manager, at head coach, and at quarterback, like the three staples of the organization, normally you could always bank on elevating the issues around this team the last three years. It's why they made the playoffs the last three years. But you look at coaching specifically, and it's funny. I have this book on my desk right now by Doug Peterson that he wrote after the Super Bowl, and it's called Fearless. And I just find it ironic that <laughs> it, I guess it really just represents where this team is at right now. It's a lot of the same pieces from that Super Bowl year, and yet they are look like shells of themselves. And Doug Peterson, honestly, has been the same thing. It's been the same issue with Doug this year. I don't know who this head coach is. Doug Peterson, at least for the last three years, has been, to me, the most aggressive head coach in football. And then last week in overtime, you know, it's 23 to 23. There's only a, a minute left 
uh, less actually. And uh, so they have a 59 yard field goal set up. Jake Elliott's hit a 61 yarder before to win a game a couple years ago. Ironically, it was the same day three years later that um, he has the situation again. Of course, the penalty puts them back. It, it would have been a 64 yarder or a fourth and seven for Carson Wentz to try uh, to move the chains. And Peterson decides to punt for the tie. And to me, number one, I can't believe that the same head coach that went for it on fourth and goal in the Super Bowl and threw a pass with his tight end to his quarterback is the same guy playing for a tie. But I think it shows just the lack of confidence that he had in Wentz in the offensive line and and his kicker too. And it's scary because one thing Doug has always done with all the adversity is he's always trusted his team and he's always went, you know, pedal to the metal. And so I think it just represents that while it's a lot of the same pieces of this puzzle in Philadelphia, nobody is acting like who they've been over the last three seasons. And so it resulted in a tie against one of the worst teams in football. And here they are at Oh, two and one in a do or die situation. And I have to imagine Eagles fans expected more than some other because there's been talk of, you know, coaches on the hot seat and, and uh, mm. Atlanta and, and the 49ers have just seen a couple of bad teams in New York. And I think there's a lot of fans that are disappointed with their teams there, but expectations had to be higher for the Eagles. So just even oh, yeah. more of a head scratcher, right, with what's going on in Philly right now. And to be in a spot where you're like, wait, we're supposed to be in, you know, in contention to win this division. Right. And by the way, still only a half a game out of the NFC yes. East, which is another story, <laughs> but still not feeling good about that. No, and actually the conversation's already started so early in the year, but fans are already discussing media members alike. Is it even worth winning this terrible division again? Because last year they were five and seven at the end of the year, the year before six and seven, and they were still able to get out of those holes and make the postseason because of the division they were in uh, this year. I don't know if making the playoffs would just kind of cover up the holes that this organization clearly has. And it's Brian, you're right. It's disappointing because I didn't think this team had the amount of holes in the organization from top to bottom that they now clearly do. I mean, heading into the year when I did my NFL predictions podcast on Lockdown Eagles, I had this team as the three seed. I thought that they got younger. They got faster on both sides of the football. They uh, improved the secondary. They brought in a lot of new offensive minds to uh, surround Doug Peterson with. And I thought they were going to finally just stay healthy uh, with all those factors. And so it's, I think, even more disappointing because I didn't see this coming to where now people are talking about shaking things up in a big way. I don't know if that's firing Doug Peterson. I don't think they're going to do that. Firing Howie Roseman, benching Carson Wentz. Maybe it's something more along the lines of getting rid of their defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz eventually. Um, but yeah, they are in a real situation where now you have everybody, I'm sure including the team, that is starting to rethink, okay, maybe we just this core isn't the way to do it anymore. And it's time to switch things up. And that's a big surprising talking point that I did not foresee uh, discussing three weeks into the season. Yeah, that's crazy. The Roseman and Doug Peterson combo would have probably been a top three draft pick in the NFL 18 months ago. And we're talking about right. That's what it feels like. And Uh, even this summer, Brian, it felt like that. And so that's why it's really disappointing that. um, But not, not to say that they don't deserve this criticism they're getting, though. I think it certainly is justified. I think part of it, too, is speaking more about Roseman here, and they put so many resources into getting speed and getting those wide receivers. Then mm-hmm. Marquise Goodwin opts out, which is something that you know that you can't control. And then Jalen right. Rager, the first-round wide receiver, goes on IR now, still waiting for Alshon Jeffrey to be healthy. Uh, I think the J.J. Arcega-White side is a pick that really, really gets under the, the skin of, uh, of yes, Eagles fans there when you see D.K. Metcalf going off. Uh, there's going to be a nice year-two 
uh, battle there at, at wide receiver with Debo Samuel just entering back into the practice mm-hmm. field for the 49ers, and he might be able to go here. And obviously the Eagles didn't have a chance to draft Debo in the second round. He was already gone. Uh, but right. Or maybe it's going to be the other way around. I mean, Are we going to see the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside revenge game here because the Niners passed on him? Uh, I highly doubt it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has been one of the most disappointing parts of this uh, these last two years of draft classes. And, um, you know, also you got to remember too, Deshaun Jackson's dealing with a soft tissue injury. And at 34 years old, he has just not been able to stay healthy. So that's the problem, man, is you're three weeks into the season and you're going in with a fifth round rookie at receiver. You're going in with Greg Ward, who while I love in the slot as a dependable player for the most, the majority of his football career, he's been either out of the league or on a practice squad. And so that's just, that's a lot to deal with for any football team to come back from. But it also certainly doesn't give Howie Roseman a pass, though. He did take JJ over DK Metcalf. And you look at the issues. I'm really nervous about this matchup with Kyle Shanahan, the offense that I'm excited to get into with you. You look at the linebacking core and how neglected that position has been from a front office standpoint and coaching too. I mean, I think they have the worst linebacking core by far in the league. And so I think you're just starting to see a lot of the moves Howie has made at the time. I kind of liked the logic, but eventually those moves have to pan out. And he just has really struck out more times than he's hit a home run over the last couple of years. Uh, the one big move that he did make that I love so far is Darius Slay. The Eagles finally have a true CB one and we can't even really celebrate it because of all the other issues with this team. Oh, yeah. I want to talk more about that that linebacker versus running backs and tight ends oh, yeah. matchup, which is uh, might be the one that decides this game. Uh, real quick, though, when it comes down to those wide receivers, you mentioned the, the rookie fifth rounder took a couple of uh, speedy rookies there. John Hightower, I liked him coming out. So he's pretty yeah. much the number one receiver this week. Is that how it's looking? Or is, it, it, is it looks like go? um, Deshaun Jackson, I don't think is going to play. Uh, JJ Arthago Whiteside is dealing with a lower body injury that he suffered in warmups last week. So I think he'll be out and not reliable anyway, even if he was out there. Alshon Jeffrey's still a couple weeks away. So I think the Niners are going to have to deal with John Hightower, Greg Ward, and uh, their sixth round rookie out of Southern Miss, another fast guy, ran the second fastest 40 time at the combine. Quez Watkins oh, yeah. was activated to a 21 day uh, practice window yesterday. He practiced today. So it might be a bunch of rookies and uh, former practice squad guys. They also signed, uh, last one, they signed Hakeem Butler from the practice squad of the Carolina Panthers yesterday. He was a standout receiver in the 2019 draft out of Iowa State, but they're moving him to tight end. So it's a a I love that so much. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Hakeem Butler. And I'm watching Darren Waller a couple weeks ago in primetime go off. And the only thing I thought of was, Go sign Hakeem Butler and make him oh, love it. feed him cheeseburgers, right? Because Brian, he was my number two ranked receiver in that draft. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're speaking my language. I liked him a lot. Uh, yeah. I didn't have him quite ranked that high, but uh, I think that's perfect for him. Use that because, you know, he's a little sluggish, maybe getting off the line. Um, but he's so big, and uh, mm. it's just I, I love that move for the Eagles. So I, I did not know about that at all, and that that's fantastic. So props to Howie Roseman. I'm still on board with Roseman, by the way. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I like Howie. I think he is great with managing the salary cap, although he's in quite the hole this year. But normally I like his philosophy being aggressive, kind of like from top to bottom, this is an aggressive organization that goes for it. You know, he's innovative. He finds different ways to acquire talent, whether it's through trading. I mean, I think he was really the first GM three years ago that really started to trade a lot and make that like a focal point of the front office, how they acquire talent. Um, It's just his draft classes. Number one, injuries too. I mean, he, you've never gotten to see this roster at full strength, find consistency and find who they are. So injuries are obviously a factor, but it doesn't give him a pass for 
the abysmal draft classes. I mean, you look at who's contributing from his drafts the past three years. I mean, you got Derek Barnett, who's a very average starting defensive end um, on the edge from 2017. His two, his second and third round picks that year, Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas are gone. 2018, I mean, Dallas Goddard's on IR. Uh, Josh Sweat's been a nice surprise, but Avante Maddox has regressed. Uh, last year's draft in 2019, Andre Dillard at left tackle, out for the season. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside we talked about. Outside of Miles Sanders, Brian, since Carson Wentz, they haven't really had a standout like top pick that has really been a core piece of this puzzle. And so eventually, like Howie's got to answer for that. He can be as yep. good as he wants with the cap and with other moves, but he's struck out in the draft, and his free agent moves haven't been able uh, been able to cover that up like it did in 2017 and 2018. So everything's just kind of – he's striking out a lot lately. We got to move on to the 49ers side of things here and have you grill me a little bit. But uh, on that note, it's interesting to see, and we saw it with the – the Patriots and they got a lot worse because they stopped hitting on their draft picks so much. Yep. And like when it comes to front office move, especially with the draft, things t- tend to sort of regress toward the mean. You, if you're drafting really well, it's really hard to keep that kind of thing up. So that's always something to remember um, when it comes to the draft, because it's such a crapshoot. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's the last thing I'll say here is that, you know, eventually when a lot of this salary cap um, the, that situation kind of catches back up to you, right? You keep kicking the can down the road. Eventually, when you got to face those cap hits, that's when you've got to hit on your draft picks, and they just they they have not done that. All right, more with Brian Peacock. That's me, host of Locked On 49ers, Louis DiBiase, host of Locked On Eagles, on another. Locked On Podcast Network crossover. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes. With condensed games, you can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place that you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass films session episodes go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass where football never stops. Eagles 49ers crossover. Louie, let's talk a little bit more about this 49ers team and then uh, we'll get into some predictions and talk about the rest of these matchups here. Week four primetime contest. I think the schedule makers thought was going to look a little bit different in the win loss category coming in. No, absolutely, man. And that's, I think you guys are starting to, re- to kind of face a similar situation uh, from an injury standpoint. I've really felt for San Francisco the past couple of weeks. I mean, you see they've lost so many key pieces, um, but what what's the update? I think you guys are getting back Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I mean, you're getting some reinforcements back Sunday, right? Yeah, still unclear about Jimmy Garoppolo. I have a feeling with the way Nick Mullins played, they're going to try to play that out at least one more week, and and I have a feeling it's going to be Nick Mullins once again. And some people are trying to call it a quarterback controversy, but Kyle Shanahan has made it as clear as possible. He says that's not a scenario that can possibly happen. So there's no quarterback controversy. It's Jimmy's team, period, uh, even though, you know, got a nice backup there and someone who can start games for you Nick Mullins which is always a valuable thing um George Kittle and George Kittle is full go so he is expected to play and not be limited at all this week Debo Samuel mm-hmm. just coming off IR he did hit the practice field Wednesday for the first time I don't think we'll know it might be a game time situation maybe we'll find out Friday if he's going to be allowed to play but I mean if he's 
not limited in practice, uh, he's definitely going to play because the 49ers need that. So now you have what I think the 49ers started to envision there with their top three pass catchers, and they started getting the rookie Brandon Ayuk involved last week and handing him the ball and doing very Debo Samuel-like stuff. So they might have two players doing similar, you know, uh, short routes, catch and run, hand the ball off, jet sweeps, a lot of motions and that type of thing to go along with the running game and, of course, George Kittle. So 49ers do have an opportunity to get right Nick yeah. Bosa, the star defensive end, obviously, torn ACL. He's the one that's gone for the year that really hurts the team. But they're planning on getting everybody else back eventually. Uh, Brian, my, my big thing when you talk about George Kittle and you talk about a lot of pre-stamp motion, you know, jet sweeps, reverses, a lot of misdirection. I'm nervous after watching what the Eagles had to go through with the Rams a couple weeks ago and how undisciplined this Jim Schwartz defense has been over the years and how just caught on an island guys like Nate Geary at linebacker can be in Duke Riley and Jalen Mills uh, an offense that's as creative as the Niners and uh, that's very similar I would say to the Rams if you agree in Sean McVay's system uh, I think Shanahan and this Niners team is really going to attack that Eagles weakness on the second and third level that is that linebacking core in the safeties and so I'm really nervous about that matchup with George Kittle and I think there's going to be a lot of play action and a lot of that misdirection that you guys um, will do because Philadelphia just has not been able to stop that at all. Shanahan is so good at that, and I I guarantee that that's the number one focus of the 49ers offensive game plan is getting running backs, tight ends, uh, even wide receivers involved, and trying to get them over the middle of the field because that's I mean that's the offense in in San Francisco anyways is a lot of stuff intermediate short over the middle of the field like that's the offense anyway, and uh, it, it, I have to imagine that that's what Kyle Shanahan is looking at as the advantage where he could draw up and, and gain gain really um, just a huge advantage of the passing game and scheme some people open and let the athletes do their thing and, and catch and run and and also avoid the pass rush, which is always important against every team. Um, I'm looking at, because, and it's funny to see the, the side-by-sides, and I saw a lot of them this week with at least two plays that were identical Debo Samuel plays from last year that were Brandon Ayuk <laughs> plays, you know, RPOs throwing the quick slant backside uh, and, and getting him in space to to run. And, there was the uh, the jet or the end around where they start fullback Kyle Uzcheck. He's lined up on the right. He starts left like they're going to run the ball left. He he comes back around and then the wide receiver comes around. Now he's got a lead blocker out in front. And they got Blake uh, Blake Martinez in the NFC Championship game against the Packers last year. Then they got him again on the very same play this time to Ayuk with the Giants last week. And it's pretty amazing to see that some of the same stuff dialed up. So. Uh, I expect a lot of that, and the Niners did such a good job last week of avoiding the strength of the Giants' defense, which is that triangle in the middle versus the run of Blake Martinez at middle linebacker and their stout interior defensive lineman. So everything was off the edge, and um, they exploited them because they exploited the rest of the defense and the rest of the linebackers and the safeties. And so I expect it to be much of the same this week. There's going to be a lot over the middle, Kittle over the middle, as uh, I've read on many a T-shirt, and, of course, getting the, the catch-and-run stuff, short slants and and things like that to uh, the receivers and getting Debo back, I'm sure will be a massive boost to this offense. Well, that's the problem that I'm facing here with the Eagles matchup on on a defensive standpoint on offense. Look, the Eagles are going to have to, I mean, they've talked about keeping things simple. You don't have a lot right now when it comes to passing targets for Carson Wentz, the offensive line is continued to be banged up, but the defense 
it's got to come through for this team. And I'm just so nervous about this matchup because again, uh, Jim Schwartz likes to have this defense play fast, physical, downhill, and really just instinctive. And the problem with that at, at times is you can be exposed to misdirection, play action, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And again, like you mentioned, I look at the Niners personnel and with Ayuk, uh, who's very similar to Debo Samuel, loved him coming out of Arizona State. I would have been just as good with him going to the Eagles in the first round as I would have been with the Jalen Rager selection. And so if Debo Samuel comes back and George Kittle, um, that's just, that's the matchup that I'm, I'm really terrified about right now because the Eagles have just not been able to fix their issues with that kind of offense over three years. And Kyle Shannon's just such a good offensive mind that I think he knows that. And I think he's going to exploit it. So um, yeah, that's, that's the matchup that, from an Eagles defensive standpoint, I'm looking at on offense. What do you, what do you think here? How do you think the Niners defense is going to attack the birds? I think right now, I mean, the big thing is if you take Miles Sanders out of this football game, um, I, I know, I don't think the Niners are going to have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of issue, you know, really worrying about this Eagles passing attack. That's going to be very, I think limited. It's interesting because I, you would think that most teams would have an advantage right now on the 49ers in the passing game because of losing both D Ford and Nick Bosa and right. having Richard Sherman out. And so you've got backups in the secondary and you don't have as massive a pass rush as you once had, although I still think that's the strength of this team. But the the Eagles and the Giants last week and the, the Jets the week before aren't set up in a situation to really attack that and take advantage. And quarterback-wise, Carson Wentz, yes, but then you know with all the banged-up receivers, I think the 49ers defensive backs are going to be able to match up okay there, so it's not going to be as much of a problem as it could have been if the Eagles were at full strength with all of their weapons on the outside at wide receiver. And we'll see if Akella Weatherspoon comes back, but uh, I'm not sure if he's going to start anyway. Emmanuel Mosley on one side, and Jason Verrett looked nearly like the old Jason Verrett, not yeah, quite to that level last week, but I was impressed. And look, it's really hard for the 49ers, and we saw Jordan Reed go down last week. Luckily, Kittle is back, but relying on major contributions from Jason Verrett and Jarek McKinnon and Jordan Reed and some of the guys that have been the most injured players in the league are the yeah. ones that the Niners had been leaning on the last couple of weeks. And so this week still, it's going to be a lot of McKinnon and a lot of uh, Jason Verrett. So that's interesting. We hope that those guys can stay healthy because they're fun to watch when they are healthy. And so I think the 49ers will match up well there. And then looking at the the defensive line, you still have, it's funny because you can lose two first round, three first round picks counting Solomon Thomas, who's not as an, much of an impact player as some of the others. Right. You still have a first rounder in Eric Armstead out there. You still have a first rounder this year, number 14 overall in Javon Kinlaw. DJ Jones, a really good uh, nose tackle in the league. One technique. And Kerry Hyder, Ziggy Ansa really filled in well last week, and they were on fire. And uh, Hyder got a sack, and he was all over the place. And Ziggy Ansa was really good against the run, and he's still getting his legs under him after coming in off the street before last week. So the 49ers still have a really good defensive line despite losing D Ford and Nick Bosa, which is sometimes hard to believe. So I still think it's a strength of this team and I still think they can take it to the, the Eagles offensive line up front. And that's what that whole defense is predicated on. So if, as long as they, that defensive line stays relatively intact from what they are, and we still see the same Eric Armstead and we see a Javon Kinlaw flash like he has been, I think the 49ers are, are going to be fine there on the defensive side of the ball and be able to, uh, to win another matchup, if nothing else, because the Eagles are so banged up and, and where is Carson Wentz going to take advantage of this team? 
Yeah, that's the the thing, you know, I'm listening to a lot of what we're both talking about back and forth here. And it just a lot of it for both these teams is trying to overcompensate for the injuries. And it's just they've both dealt with a lot on both sides of the football. I mean, you mentioned a lot of big names for that Niners core that are out and with the Eagles, too. And, you know, when you talk about that inside of structure right now, I think it's going to be hard to scheme guys open here uh, for the Eagles on offense. And so last week, one thing Carson Wentz did do well was outside of structure when pressure got in his face, he finally got outside of the pocket more and was more willing to be a runner, not just running to open up the pass, but actually running um, over the line of scrimmage and actually taking off. And he had the most rushing yards he's had uh, since that first injury in 2017 last week. So I think Wentz, look, although he's facing the pressure and I think sometimes this year why he struggled is he's pressing to do too much. I think this week, to really put up points against that Niners defense, considering the personnel he has to work with right now, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to make plays and do it outside of structure, outside of the pocket, like he did in 2017 when he should have won MVP. So that's a, a big thing is for both of these teams, it's how can you fill the the, the holes that are really pretty apparent on yeah. both sides of the football. And so for the Eagles offense, I think Wentz is going to have to do that. And I think your head coach, Kyle Shanahan said it uh, today that Wentz just is too good of a player uh, to continue to play like this. And he's got to figure it out right now because the rest of the roster is not going to make, it's not, he's, they're not going to be able to carry him. He's got to be able to carry them as tough of an ask as it is. He, he's got to do it. I think it's a great point, and that's one of the major weaknesses the 49ers have shown dating back to last year is athletic quarterbacks. So uh, mm-hmm. u- utilizing Carson Wentz as a runner is absolutely something I would do if I was in charge of the Eagles offense. And I think he'll use Jalen Hurts more, too. He got a couple snaps yeah, the other last thing. week. Actually, he was a runner. that's a good tease. Let's talk a little bit more about Jalen Hurts and a couple of more matchups and then make our official predictions here in week four. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles, this crossover Thursday edition of the podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. It's easy. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate through. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the the brands and the specifications you need prices you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck or your baby right right you guys baby your cars right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right let's finish up this Thursday crossover Eagles versus 49ers primetime Sunday night football we'll get to our predictions in a second you brought up Jalen Hurts there and uh, talked about how the 49ers defense has had some trouble with athletic quarterbacks in the past Mm -hmm. and Carson Wentz can move a little bit so I think they should utilize him and uh, and and utilize his ability to get out on the move and and try to make some plays there but another wrinkle and I think what maybe two carries or something like that for Jalen Hurts last week started to get him involved Uh, if you want to try to knock off a a really strong 49ers team uh, I'm thinking maybe you could get him involved a little bit more do you see anything like that happening this week 
I do. And again, because I think it's going to be tough to be really creative on offense this week with all of the injuries. Um, I talked about the end of segment two there that like Carson Wentz going to do a lot of that outside of structure with his legs. But I think one way Doug Peterson can get this offense moving more is by utilizing Jalen Hurts. Let's face it with Wentz, he can still move. I think he's still a pretty, a fairly solid mobile quarterback in the league, but he's not what he used to be from a running standpoint coming out of North Dakota state before the leg injury. I thought he moved a lot more fluent and uh, right now he, he doesn't. So one way to maybe overcompensate for that as well, that other factor here is by using Jalen hurts. They used some read option last week with him. Uh, they had Carson Wentz on the outside a couple weeks ago, they would have Jalen hurts lining up a receiver and uh, being called in motion, uh, tried some reverses with him. So the Eagles are going to have to get creative this week on offense because they're just not going to be able to win a lot of one-on-one matchups. And I think Jalen Hurts, I mean, you got to use him for that. He's one of your more athletic, explosive options right now on offense, as crazy as that sounds. So I think you will see Hurts utilized more this week. And, uh, you know, that'll get fans talking, but I I think it's something that they need to consider against San Francisco. We mentioned earlier how the 49ers might be able to take advantage of the Eagles linebackers, but one place the Eagles might be able to take advantage of the 49ers is the strength of their defense, which has been their strength for a very long time, is the defensive line and Fletcher Cox. And I really liked the addition of Javon Hargrave. He was one of my uh, favorite draft picks from Pittsburgh a few years ago. Brandon Graham's still going. Derek Barnett. Has Josh Sweat, by the way, overtaken Derek Barnett? as? I think he has, yeah. Because I've, I've liked the, what I've seen from Sweat the last couple of weeks. I haven't yeah. watched every snap, but he's flashed a lot. Yes, he has. And that's the one good thing the Eagles have going for them. Last week, they sacked uh, Joe Burrow eight times. And Derek Barnett had a couple sacks in that game. Josh Sweat had one. Brandon Graham had two. Uh, Fletcher Cox had a big one in overtime. And so they're they're getting contributions there up front from really everybody. Uh, Malik, Jackson, or Malik Jackson as well. Javon Hargrave was the big signing for the Eagles in free agency this year. And he took a big step last week. He created a lot of pressure up the middle on Joe Burrow, but Malik Jackson's a guy you can't forget too, is that the Eagles have three really good interior pass rushers that they can utilize. And to go with the step that Josh Sweat has taken, I think he's their second best pass rusher on the edge with how well Brandon Graham has played this year. I mean, he's still got it, you know, into his, his, into his uh, mid thirties. Now that's one thing that the Eagles have going for them on defense is look yeah, the Niners can expose those linebackers. So what do the Eagles need to do? They need their defensive line to hit home quickly. And by quickly, I mean quickly, because the Niners are going to get the ball out really fast. And so they need to create pressure consistently. And especially with Jim Schwartz not being a big blitzing type of defensive coordinator, uh, it's on this defensive line. It's on this four-man pass rush. And that's a way that you can win this ball game. And it's doable to get home in two and a half seconds against the 49ers interior. I mean, Trent Williams has been a stud at left tackle, but they've had some issues on that offensive line, specifically in the interior and even Mike McGlinchey faltering a little bit in pass protection. So uh, that's an area to look for. And if you're going to want to beat the 49ers this week, I think that's one matchup that the Eagles absolutely have to win. Yeah, 100%. I think another one real quick here on the Niners offense against the Eagles defense, Darius Slay, I mentioned earlier in the show, it's it's hard to enjoy it because of how everything else has gone wrong for the Eagles, but uh, Darius Slay has been as advertised as that true CB1. The Eagles have not had, honestly, in a decade since Asante Samuel. And so this week, though, I mean, Jim Schwartz actually has had him shadowing team's top receivers. This week, I'm curious to see what they do with him. Maybe to, I don't know, um, kind of hide these linebackers from Kyle Shanahan. Maybe they have Darius Slay 
um, shadowing George Kittle. I, I can't imagine he'll he'll you know follow Brandon Ayuk across the line uh, every play. So maybe that's something the Eagles need to consider. But uh, again, both teams are going to have to get creative on Sunday night. That's an interesting one. If you put Darius Slay on third downs over George Kittle, if he's split out yeah. a little bit, that would be a fun wrinkle for that defense. And I just, it, it, Brian, it can't be Nate Geary, man. I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> if this guy saw Jim Schwartz will do something illegal, but the, the fact that he is still the starting linebacker on every down is incredible because he has been saying he's a liability the past three weeks is like an extreme understatement. I am, I can't say it enough how nervous about that matchup I am. Well, the first thing that, that I noticed is very wrong with Nate Gary is he's wearing number 47 and it just doesn't look right. And I've sure. seen him lost too many times. And I'm like, dude, you got to get a number in the fifties and I think you might be okay. Well, and Brian, this is a former safety too, coming <laughs> yeah. out of Nebraska, and it looks like he's never covered anybody in his life. It's unbelievable, and it's just you know this is they've they've ignored the linebacking position, and um, so you know it's something they're going to have to deal with all year long. I don't know if there's a quick fix. The quick fix was you know somebody like L.J. Fort, who you cut last year for Orlando Scandrick, and now he's playing well in Baltimore. So this is the the cast of characters they got to deal with this year. And I don't know, maybe it's eventually Davian Taylor, their third round pick that eventually gets some snaps. But right now you got to find a way to hide those guys as much as possible. And maybe using Slay on Kittle a lot on Sunday night is a, is a way to go. All right, Louie, we got to make our official predictions here for week four, 49ers. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe. I want to double-check my bookie right here to get the latest line and see if it's moved at all. I think it started at 7. Yeah, 49ers at home, favored by 7. How do you see this one? Yeah, so, look, normally this is the kind of game the Eagles win when they're backed in a corner, when it seems like the rails are about to really fall off. Like, it's close. It's been really close the past couple years. This is the moment where normally they fight their way out of the situation. It's just really tough to see that considering all the issues they have, including at the, the spots where normally those people, the head coach, Doug Peterson, the quarterback, Carson Wentz, the offensive line, those factors normally elevate all the other issues around this team and they're able to overcome them. Whereas right now, I just, I, I don't see that with any of those key pieces. And so as negative as it is, and as much as I'd love to predict an Eagles win, I just think on the road, primetime football against this Niners team that's healthier than the Eagles. Um, I think the Niners are going to, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're going to cover. I think this is going to be a down to the wire uh, matchup, but right now I think San Francisco, it's just, it's hard to find myself picking the Eagles to win this football game. I just, I, I, I'm nervous about where this team is headed right now. I'm three for three with 49ers games, picking them against the spread. And uh, that week one game against the Cardinals, it was seven points. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's a little bit too much. And I, I don't right. know if I'm confident enough to bet on this game. Um, and I do think the 49ers will win this game, but seven just seems a little bit too high. So I, I agree. I think yeah, I, would, I think I think the Eagles will cover that. Yeah, I think I would take the Eagles in the points based on that. But I, I do think it, it's uh, a clear advantage for the 49ers in this one at home, prime time, with the way they're playing. They're playing confident despite all the injuries, and I think there's too much stacked up against the Eagles. But one thing I will say that'll be different this week than the last two weeks is even with the Eagles playing bad, they're still as good or better than the two teams the 49ers just faced in New York. So if the Eagles play good. Sure. I mean, this could be that sort of a trap type game for the 49ers. Like you mentioned, an Eagles team that's got their back against the wall and maybe, um, you know, maybe the coaching staff's able to go in and, and, you know, break some stuff and get everybody pumped up and, and, and going in the right direction because they're too good in, in too many spots still. It's not going to be a walk in the park against really bad teams that 
the 49ers just saw in week two and week three. So the Eagles definitely have that going for them. So seven points feels like a little bit too much. Probably not a game I'd ever put money on because there's just too many variables here with all the injuries. And Brian, if they lose this football game, I'm sure they'll still be a half a game out of the NFC East because that's just <laughs> the way this division goes right now. That's a bonus. <laughs> and the NFC West is going the exact opposite direction right now. And by the way, still undefeated. The NFC West is 6-0 and against the East. So we'll see if the 49ers can yeah, keep that. Yeah, you guys are absolutely loaded right now. I feel bad for the Niners. You guys got to deal with a lot of talent over there. Arizona, LA, Seattle. It's uh, it's You're right. It's the complete opposite of what the NFC East is right now. I mean, the, the, even the Cowboys, who are 1-2, and two, they're in a, a crazy onside uh, onside botch from the Atlanta Falcons yeah. away from also being winless this year. That would be amazing if the only win in the division was Washington. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh God. That's, that's the NFC least for you right now, but they get a lot of primetime games. And so the world's going to watch the birds on Sunday night against uh, San Francisco. So I'm looking forward to the matchup though. It should be a close one for sure. Um, and it's, uh, it's one that Eagles got to have, but I'm just, I'm not sure if they have what it takes this week. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I, I don't like feeling this way about the birds, but, uh, Right now, that's the state of the team, man. No, I hear you. Uh, it's going to be fun. Prime time is always is always a good time. So yes, um, I'm excited to watch this one, 49ers and Eagles Sunday night. Louie, it's a pleasure chatting with you. We've got to talk more often because this is a lot of fun. Absolutely, Brian. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.